Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill, we have a great topic today. Yes, I'm, we do. I'm so excited for <laughs> us to talk about some positive news and some positive things. Yeah. And I think that the topic of joy, even just saying it out loud, makes me smile. Makes me a little bit happier. Right. Uh-huh. A <laughs> it's little a, uptick. It's a great thing to, to talk about and to think about. But sometimes it's not so easy to get to a space of joy, right? Yeah. It's like, well, how do you do joy? What do you do it. is it like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you know that I do a lot of work around joy and emotions and hurting. And I talk a lot in terms of the fact that we can pray for joy. We can look for joy. We can want joy. And the Lord will send us joy. We can have joy and still not experience it, still not see it. And sometimes that's because we crowd it out with mm-hmm. other things. Right. We, um, I, I put it in the terms of we hoard our hurts in front. Right. A and, very good book, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Um, but joy has to have room, room. to dance, room mm-hmm. to spread out and to sing. Joy has to be vibrant, right? Yes. And even the way you're talking is kind of like we can choose it. Yes, mm-hmm. we do choose joy. We choose to give joy that space in our minds and in our hearts And so I'm excited today as we look into the scriptures and we look into a passage that gives us some really good practical Mm -hmm. advice, some strategies. What does it look like to choose joy, to walk in joy? So as we look at 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, I know a lot of people can can quote and will say the verse in, in verse 16, rejoice always. It also says, be cheerful no matter what. Or be always joyful, depending on the version you're using. So rejoicing always. I mean, what is that? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Rejoice always. I I looked up the meaning of the word rejoice in the concordance. And it said one of of the uh, definitions was be glad. And I thought about it. Well, what if I'm not, though? So I was really looking at it as a be glad in the Lord. And I don't want to sound Churchy McChurcherson. Our podcast is called Life in Context so that we can really give you context for how we walk out scriptures in our life. So if if rejoice always is be glad, for me, I want to rejoice in who God is, what he's done for me personally, what I've seen him do in the lives of, of in the lives of others. So even when I'm not feeling the joy. I actually can access joy as I reflect 
as I declare, as I say out how good he is, as I just, Lord, I'm just so grateful for you. I just love you. Lord, you're the joy of my salvation. As I recall where I was before I was saved and what he did to get me in the, on the good team, <laughs> you know, that just gives me a lot of joy. I think it's the intentionality of that mm-hmm. that's so important and so key. And even in the way this is phrased, this is telling us um, to always be joyful, to be cheerful, because we won't instinctively do this on our own. right? Well, and we, it suggests that there is things to be joyous about. Right. It suggests there's things to be cheerful about, things to be joyful about, and that we might not naturally go there in mm-hmm. our own minds and our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so we can be intentional about this. In my classes with my students, I teach a thankfulness meditation. And we talk about the brain and the way that the brain processes information Mm -hmm. at night and neuroplasticity and consolidation of memories. And so I tell my students, if you go to bed thinking about the things that you're fearful about, that you're anxious Mm -hmm. about, that you're upset about, your mind is going to continue to consolidate those and they're going to become pathways overnight. Mm -hmm. And as you sleep, your brain is going to make those connections. But if you go to bed intentionally thinking about what you're thankful for, you will retrain your brain. And so I tell my students very practically, write out five things. If if you can only think of three, three things. If you can think of 10, 10 things, write them out. What are you thankful for? Is it a person, a friendship? Is it a a blessing? Is it a skill or a gift that you have? Is it a resource you've been provided? And then after you write it out, say a prayer of thankfulness for each individual one. Thank the Lord for that specific thing. And then I also suggest that they go back and look over the list. And if there's an individual that they can be thankful for, uh, for that thing as well, that they make a little note, oh, I'm going to send that person a note and say, I'm thankful for their friendship. I'm going to send that person a note and say, I'm I'm thankful for their support. I'm going to call them tomorrow and say, I'm thankful for what they've done for me. And allow those things to settle into your mind. And it does help you consolidate the thoughts yes. and, and stay in a place of thankfulness because it doesn't happen naturally. Your brain will go to the negative, yeah. right? Your research supports this. This is evidence-based uh, current psychology supports this. It's mm-hmm. not, it's uh, the, the science supports what the Bible says about it. And this is really biblical mental health. It is. And uh, we have a saying at Armor Flight, we say, Jesus is my coping skill. Right. So <laughs> Jesus is our coping skill. So being thankful to him, Mm-hmm. And it actually puts our puts our thoughts on God and not on what what's not working. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that what's not working isn't working. It's just the um, purposefully I'm using the my, my new word for intentional is purposeful. Got it. We'll see if it catches on. OK, but <laughs> <laughs> purposefully putting my thoughts on the goodness of God, what I'm grateful for. And it really takes you out of what's not working. And again, it doesn't mean that what's not working isn't working. Right. We don't have to be weird about it. I this. don't like the weirdness of we're just going to like be churchy McChurcherson and just act like nothing. Nothing's wrong. We're not pretending that our fears aren't there or our anxieties aren't there or all of the negative stuff isn't there. It's just that we're making a decision on what we're going to focus on. And we're taking the time to spend some time focusing on that because usually they both dwell. Usually Mm -hmm. there's some things that we don't understand. We don't know. We're, we're pleading with the Lord over, we're concerned about, 
Uh, but there's also things that we can look back and say, I'm thankful for, and I'm grateful for, and those will help us move into that place of cheerfulness mm -hmm. and joyfulness. And as we see that, um, then we'll be able to, to access it even more. Yes. And, and I also encourage people, if you are full of unforgiveness, if you're, <laughs> if you're full of anger, if you're full of hate for other people, you're not going to be able to find the joy. No, they don't. They don't live well together. They don't, they don't well play together. well nicely. They crowd out all the space. Mm -hmm. And it is really, really tough. I know for people who are desperate to experience joy, but they feel like they're giving up something if they forgive somebody for the hurt they've done to them. That's why we call it the holy exchange mm -hmm. is, is you're not, you're letting, I, I just love that's just the way God works is I'd like to fill you with something else. Else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so important that we recognize that to be joyful, we have to give it space. Mm -hmm. We cannot allow ourselves to continue to dwell and to fill our hearts and minds with the negative mm -hmm. and then expect the joy to be able to roam wild. Yes. And, and, the, and the joy burns. It, it really, your, your brain burns new pathways of thought. Mm -hmm. So if I make this confession to God, here's what I'm thankful for. Thank you. And my husband and I very sadly watched uh, his mother um, die of lung cancer. And as we watched her breath be so labored, it, we went into the season of just being so grateful for the breath that, that we just we're saying to each other the breath is a gift and and if it's hard to find anything to be thankful for do you have breath in your lungs yeah do you have two feet to walk and breathe just like boil it down to just the bare essentials if you can um my i think i said this last time but i love that pastor angel said i don't know what tomorrow holds but i know who holds tomorrow like there's just so much hope in that and just really with the purposefulness of i'm going to focus on something i can find to be grateful for uh, that's not working today but it has worked before and i believe it can work again god i thank you god i thank you and it really just takes you out of whatever's not working into the place of gratitude and your synaptic patterns have a lot of power, a lot, a lot of power. And there, there's so much in the scripture that says taking thoughts captive because it's important because where your thoughts go, you will follow. Oh yeah. What you think becomes what you feel becomes what you do. I, I teach this over and over in my classes. It's, you know, we teach it in the context of countering our thoughts. We teach it mm -hmm. in the context of, of connecting our emotions and our thoughts in so many ways because you can't overemphasize mm -hmm. how important these things are. So as an instructor, you know, I love PowerPoints. I love presentations. <laughs> if, if I were turning this, vo this passage into a PowerPoint, it would be, you know, one bulletin, rejoice always. One bulletin, pray continually. And one bulletin, give thanks in all circumstances because all three of these are key. They're warfare strategy. Right. It's a warfare strategy. And, and they go together. I'm not saying to you, rejoice always, just figure it out. Figure out how to do that. How are you going to do that? Just, you know, manufacture it. Make it, Jill. Like, can you make that joyful? Do joy. Right, do Where'd joy. It <laughs> it's, it's because we're praying and it's because we're thankful that we can be joyful. 
Mm -hmm. These things are all connected. And they're connected to him. Yes. And they're connected to him. This isn't manufactured in us and in our own emotions and in our own experiences. Well, so uh, a lot of current evidence-based psychology says practice gratitude list, which Mm -hmm. is good, but it's not God. Right. We're, we're practicing gratitude to the one that we're grateful yep. to that actually connects us to the to God. Um, I remember Pastor uh, Robert Morris uh, sharing something and he said, when a negative thought becomes part of your permanent thinking, it lays foundation to perform the thought. And as I unpacked that statement, because I, I do a class in Armor of Light on, on communication and really important about, uh, we call it T over T, what a T-E-A. Thoughts drive emotions, drive actions. Mm -hmm. So what you think drives what you feel, drives what you do. So as we unpacked that statement, I heard the Holy Spirit say that complaining is the language of hell and gratitude and praise is the language of heaven. And as I talked about that further in my groups, complaining actually ties you negatively to the very thing you're complaining about. It's actually bringing you in closer to the thing that stinks. Yep. <laughs> so gratitude and praise actually change your, your position to heaven. Change your position to, Lord, I thank you. I, I had a young lady, um, I've worked with her for a long time, and she recently had to go into a crisis center again for suicidal ideations. And she got out and came to my office And I just started to, I just said, we're going to do, you and I, I took her, we stood up. I said, you and I are going to do 1 Thessalonians 15, 16, uh, 16, 17, and 18. So her and I began to walk in my office. I took her by the arm and I said, we're just going to do this. I'll call her Mary. So Mary and I began to walk and we just, I just said, Lord, I thank you. And I said, now you. And she said, Lord, I thank you. And I said, Lord, I thank you for breath in my lungs. And she said, Lord, I thank you for breath in my lungs. And I said, Lord, I thank you that you're good. And she said, Lord, I thank you that you're good. And we're walking and just saying his goodness. And we're walking up and down saying, Father, your plans for me are good. Lord, I rejoice in my salvation. And she's doing it with me and we're walking and I'm looking at her and I said, do you feel that? And she looks at me and starts to laugh. And she said, I do. This is, it's simple. It does, it takes a, like you said, intentionality. It does take, like, I'm going to practice this because I want to access heaven. Mm -hmm. And we did, this was just like two minutes. We're just going to walk and tell God what we're grateful for. We're going to walk and we're just going to say, we're going to rejoice in his goodness. I understand that for a lot of people, this feels awkward and uncomfortable. Pentecostal. And maybe Pentecostal, (laughs) but it feels the opposite of what they're accustomed to. And what's the the thing you're accustomed to? I'm going to walk and complain and talk to my friends and talk to my family Mm -hmm. and talk to myself. Ruminate. I'm going to ruminate, right? This is the natural, like you're, I don't know if you're doing your dishes or, or you're just doing your regular life, you're driving to work and you're complaining about that car and the traffic and the situation and your finances Mm -hmm. and you're on the phone and you're complaining about somebody in your family or somebody you work with. Okay. So this is really what is the natural, right? Mm -hmm. Is our complaining. And so, yes, it feels unnatural when you start. I I acknowledge that it's, it's an unusual habit if we're in the pattern Mm -hmm. of saying the negative, but it's so important. It's so, so key. Yeah. I, I put some of the ladies in my group, well, I, I didn't put them, I, I challenged. I said, okay, let's go on a one week complaining fast. <laughs> so if you don't, 
we did a one week complaining fast because a complaining fast actually causes you to see how often you complain. We, God bless us. We have just become bond. We bond over complaining. Yep. We bond over failed systems. We bond over government, this or that. We bond over it. And this actually just breaks the negative bonding patterns. Just like, I just like to say when somebody's, God bless everybody. I, I like, this is a season where it's like, what's good? What's working? What do you like? What are you grateful for? Right. <laughs> What's good? What's working? What do you like? What are you grateful for? And th- th- this is just a practice that'll shift. I think one of the other things people are used to is we're used to watching somebody else do it. So that when I said to my, my client, I just said, I'm not going to stand up and just start rejoicing in front of you. That's not going to help you. When you stand up and start to rejoice and you stand up and start to give thanks with your mouth, the power of death and life is in your tongue and your inner man hears you. Your inner man responds to heaven. Your inner man responds to the word of God that is coming from you and that you are connecting to heaven in it. And I just, it's, it's a, it's a responsive way to Mm -hmm. move and it doesn't help you watching somebody on TV practice joy. Nope. You need to do it. You need to do it. And we have to practice it even if it's uncomfortable. And the more we practice it, the more comfortable it becomes. And the more and the more uncomfortable complaining becomes. Right. The the more used to it, the more natural, the more we see when I'm in a grumbling mood, when I'm uncomfortable, I instantly know, oh, I need to spend some time thanking the Lord. I need to recorrect. It's really all about practice, right? You can't learn anything new if you don't practice it. I mean, I guess a few people could, mm-hmm. but most of us need to practice what we learn. Well, and I, I really think when you break want to break one habit, you put another one in its place. Yeah. Is, is if I just say I need to stop complaining, I need to do something <laughs> I else. I need to fill it. To, yes. To, exactly. To fill it with something. So the, the, if you guys want to take the challenge, you can go on a one week complaining fast. And every time you complain, flip it to a gratitude. Every time. I, I, I think Walmart is a really good place that you will be able to practice that. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> there's a challenge for you. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for big box stores. Lord, I thank you for lots of choices. Lord, I thank you that even though there's not toilet paper, there might be tomorrow. Right. <laughs> There are so many things that we can do practically, you know, in in the course of a day to help ourselves restructure and to rethink and to choose joy. Mm -hmm. And I want to emphasize again, this isn't the weirdness of pretending we're happy about things that we're not happy about, but it is taking some opportunities to focus on the things that we are thankful for and that we are grateful for. And it's this connectivity. And if you don't know what you're thankful for, then that number two in the bulletin, right? The pray continually, Mm -hmm. pray all the time, ask the Lord, Lord, show me what I can be thankful for. And he will. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, my friend. So one of the things I was going to, I was going to suggest is when you don't know what to be grateful for, I'll grab a Psalm, Psalm 139 being one of my favorites. And look how you can do this. So Psalm 139 says, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, you've searched me and known me. So you can say, Oh Lord, I thank you that you have searched me and known me. And then it says, you understand my thought afar off. Lord, I thank you that you understand my thought afar off. 
verse three, you comprehend my path and my laying down. Lord, I thank you that you comprehend my path and my laying down. Lord, I thank you that you're acquainted with all my ways. Lord, I thank you. There's not a word on my tongue. Lord, I thank you that you know it all together. Lord, I thank you that you've hedged me from behind and before. Lord, I thank you that you've laid your hand upon me. And you just put a thank you in front of these verses. Just put a thank you in front of it. And I really encourage people to say the word of God out loud. The word of God changes the atmosphere of your space and of your inner self. The word of God, it cuts through sword and spirit, two-edged sword, powerful two-edged sword. Your Bible is a sword. Pick it up and say thank you in front of the verses that have that life in front of them. Lord, I thank you that my frame was not hidden from you. Lord, I thank you that your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Lord, I thank you that your thoughts towards me outnumber all the grains of sand on every beach. So if you can't think of it, the Bible has got some beautiful things for you to put a thank you in front of. It sure does. So Jill, one of the other things that this brings up is that as we begin to focus on joy and to choose to be cheerful and joyful and to focus on those things, we will sometimes notice that the people around us are not making the same choices, right? (laughs) Or think that you're annoying. (laughs) Right. Sometimes they are not making the same choices. They are discouraged and they are disheartened and they are weak. And one of the things I love about these passages is if you you go up just a couple of verses, Mm -hmm. right? And you go into verse 14 and you will see, encourage the disheartened in the NIV, it says, and in the message, I know not everybody loves the message, but I love that it puts it in oh, today's so words. I love it. It says, gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted. And in the Living Bible, it says, take tender care mm. of those who are weak. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to come down hard on the people who are disheartened and they're having a hard time. If we are finding a place where we can be grateful and we're choosing joy, we don't want to be hitting it over the head with other people. We want to give it to them. Right. We want to take tender care of them and we want to help them. The NIV also says to help the weak and be patient with everyone. So in the message again, because I love the poetry of it, it it it. says, reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to their individual needs. Oh, the individual needs is so, so important and so beautiful that we're not all in the same place. We don't all have the same experiences, but let's be attentive to one another. And if I am brimming with joy, I want to give you some. Right. Like if, if all our fountains are found in him. That verse, all of our fountains are found in you. And he says that uh, rivers of living water flow through the hearts of those who love him. Then let, if I've got it, let me flow some of it onto you. We had a moment in uh, Armor of Light group, maybe a month, a month and a half ago, that one of the women at the end just wasn't doing well. She just said, I just, I don't know what's wrong. And we started to pray for her a little bit. And in that moment, She just said, I feel really distracted. And I could see she was about to cry. And I said, why don't you just come in here? And I just pulled her, not like, you know, I just comforted her, encouraged her, and I just kind of pulled her into me. And she laid down across my lap and started to sob. And all of the women surrounded her. And she sobbed and sobbed and sobbed probably for seven minutes. 
just poured it out. There wasn't any big answer. She just needed to cry. She's got a lot of young children and she's doing this for kids all day. And we needed to do that for her. She just sobbed and sobbed and we got to be her comfort. We got to be the hands and feet or the hands, (laughs) the hands and the love of God as we pet her hair and just held her. And that was that verse right there. I love that. I know both you and I, sometimes when we are stressed, we like to go for runs. Mm -hmm. And I love a good distance run when my knees are holding up. (laughs) And and back in in the past, I used to run some long distances, Mm -hmm. some half marathons and marathons. And and that's when you feel exhausted physically, right? And when you see somebody fall in a run, in a race, and there's, you know, hundreds or thousands of people and it's a half marathon or a marathon, you see, if you see somebody stumble and fall, you will see people stop and pull them to their feet, Mm. right? And and that's what this is like. They're exhausted, but you pull them to to their feet. One of my favorite Olympic moments, you know, someone goes and and picks up and, and runs with the athlete across the finish line. Those are those goosebump yes. moments. And spiritually, emotionally, this is what we get to do. We're not saying, hey, I have joy here and you're falling. So, you know, make your own joy and get up and join me. But we're reaching. Strengthening and one another, mm-hmm. bearing each other. I think that's so important and so helpful for us to remember. And we're being patient. We're recognizing that sometimes we have to be a little out in front of people, right? Sometimes we're a little ahead of the path. And we're patient for them. We're not saying to them, come on, come on. I've already figured it out. Marathon running is uh, somebody's in your draft. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of value in remembering the people around us when we're choosing joy, that these things are very connected and that we can be attentive to how other people are experiencing. And then I'm going to come back again to the message because I love this poetry. Do it. Um, and But this is a little less poetic and a little more like I would say to you and you would say to me and we would say to all, I would say to every student and I, you'd probably say to everybody in your groups, when you get on each other's nerves, don't snap at each other. <laughs> I love that that's right here. That's how... This is translated. So in the NIV, it says, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Uh Uh, But I like the the terms when you get on each other's nerves, don't snap at each other to look for the best in each other. Right. We live in close quarters anyways in our society and our culture. Right now, a lot of people are living pretty close quarters Mm -hmm. with their family members. Um, They're spending more time with certain people than they normally would. And, And that's stressful. And we can snap at each other. We can snap at the people we love the most. And this verse says, you know, don't snap at each other, even when they're on your nerves. Mm -hmm. And we can connect all of these things. We can look for the best in each other and do our best to bring out the best in other people as we're choosing joy, as we are praying continually, as we're thankful. Yes. Believing the best, believing the best about each other. And really recognizing that that's what the grace of God is. It really is. That's, that's what, what it is. That's what walking uh-huh. in the grace of God is. Uh-huh. Giving each other grace and space, right? Yes. So Re- good. Receiving it ourselves, giving it to each other. This is a time when we can walk this out and we can practice this. Uh, parents get to say to their kids, you know, even when you're on my very last nerve, 
I'm, I'm going to try not to snap at you. You are my child that I love. Right. Sp- now go to your room quickly. <laughs> Spouses get to say this to each other, even when you're getting on my nerves. I'm, I'm not going to snap at you. Take I don't breath. want to. Right. Right. And if I do, I'm going to apologize. Mm-hmm. If I do, I'm going to repent because I want to look for the best in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that I'm less annoyed and people are getting less on my nerves if I'm looking for the best in that's them. So that's mm-hmm. it. That's such a strategy is just really be purposeful about looking for the best. If, if I'm looking for that and I'm saying, how can I support them to bring out the best in them? Mm-hmm. I'm way less annoyed at them. Uh-huh. Right? Amen. <laughs> so I have loved having this conversation so about good. joy, particularly in this very unique season. <laughs> I feel so much world. more joyful now. Yay! <laughs> And of course, Jill, I always feel a little more joyful when I have a conversation with you. (laughs) Me too. It's great to share in the things of the Lord and to put everything in context. Yep. See you next time. Bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizFid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at peaceprof on Twitter and Facebook. Peace.